I'm Ed Adams, and you're listening to the AFCA Podcast. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of the AFCA Podcast. And in this episode, we peek into the mind of producer Will Packer and talk about his latest project, What Men Want. I'll give you the rundown after the break. The AFCA Podcast is sponsored by Morgan Stanley Global Sports and Entertainment. You want to know how to connect with men, right? Well, I can help you open your inner portal. So let's just have some tea. Oh, I don't really like tea. No, 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 have some. And I can read you. Just take a sip. Relax. Ew. Oh, yes. Now. Oh, what's that smell? Get it down. Sip it. Uh, That's just jasmine tea. If you don't count the weed and the peyote and the crack. Crack? I was just kidding. <laughs> We just heard from Erica Badu and Taraji P. Henson in a scene from the film What Men Want. This film is not a sequel, but it is based on the film What Women Want from 2000, which starred Mel Gibson and Helen Hunt, where Nick, played by Gibson, is a chauvinistic ad executive who is struck by electricity and gains the ability to hear what women think. Now, in this smart, updated version, it's the women's turn to hear what goes on inside a man's head. In the film, Taraji P. Henson plays Ollie Davis, a winner-take-all sports agent who gains the ability to hear men's thoughts and uses that ability to her advantage in a male-centric profession. The film was directed by Adam Shankman, who has directed rom-coms like The Wedding Planner and A Walk to Remember, but also musicals like Rock of Ages and Hairspray. Now, What Men Want is another project from powerhouse producer Will Packer. Will is behind some of Hollywood's most successful Afrocentric films to date. And according to his bio, he is one of the only African-American producers to have had eight films open number one at the box office. His hits include No Good Deed, Takers, The Think Like a Man franchise, The Ride Along films, Straight Outta Compton, and most recently, Girls Trip, Night School, and Breaking In, just to name a few of the projects he's brought to the screen. Now, on top of all that, Will has worked on television projects as well, including Truth Be Told and the Roots TV miniseries. Now, we can go on about Mr. Packer's accolades, but let's listen to the man himself talk about his career and his latest film. AFCA member Justin Key had a chance to sit down with Will during a recent press tour. So, super excited to have you here, uh, Will. Now, jumping right into it, so mm. this Midas t- touch that you have. Uh-oh, don't with, jinx me, man. No, I'm not. No, and I, and I was actually going to be very careful with using that. But I'm also going to say that you are, you're more strategic than the people who usually have the Midas touch in the industry. Mm. Now, is there, a, is, is there something that you 
have to have when choosing a project. Like it's a non-negotiable. Like this project has to have something. I don't know if it resonates with you, resonates with your brand, mm. God, whatever. What is it that resonates with you when choosing a project? It definitely has to resonate with me. I mean, I, instinctually, um, I feel when a project is something that's going to resonate with an audience. Okay. And I have been right a lot more than I've been wrong. Mm-hmm. So I definitely trust my instincts. I have been supported by incredible audiences. So it's certainly not just me, but um, they have so many choices now mm-hmm. that I have to make sure that I feel like whatever I'm a part of uh, has a reason for being, has something to say, has, mm-hmm. and it doesn't have to be like some great importance or some great message. It mm-hmm. just, I, I want you to feel something. I want you to laugh. I want you to, you know, uh, think, whatever. Mm-hmm. I want you, I want to create content that an audience says, Yes, I mm-hmm. will go. I will engage with that, and it's not a waste of my time. You got too many options now. Yeah, and I, I, I agree that that is so true. Seeing it with an audience last night, these I thought I was back home in Memphis because these people yeah. were cackling and commenting go. back and going in, and I was like, okay, okay, this is pretty. This is this is this is pretty dope. That's, that feels good. That's yeah. why you, you know, I made it, I made it for you people back home in Memphis. Like, it's great that, that we were able to bring out a, a large crowd of mm-hmm. critics and media folks, and they mm-hmm. responded. But I made it for Memphis. I made it for Detroit. I made it for Fort Worth. I made it for Miami. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, my folks ready. That's they're they're ready. About. My wife's from Memphis. Good okay, come, from come on now. Yeah. Now, speaking of Memphis and even what was noted in the theater, last somebody said, this soundtrack is hot. Bang it. Okay, yeah. what was the process of choosing the music? I yeah. mean, because we, I mean, getting it. Can I tell you, honestly, mm-hmm. as banging and soulful and turned up and crunk as that music is, mm-hmm. Adam Shankman, white gay man, <laughs> he is the one. He, I always tell him he got a 45-year-old black woman trapped inside him. <laughs> he was the one who took the, you know, his background is choreography mm-hmm. and music and dance. And so um, he approaches everything with an idea for the rhythm of it. Mm-hmm. What is the rhythm of the film going to be? And comedy needs to have a rhythm, and audiences can feel that. Mm-hmm. Um, but for him, he very much wanted to have music that spoke to who he felt Taraji would be, what she would have responded to, what she would be playing on her playlist. And he nailed it, man. I, it, it was... The editing was was incredible when you with the with the music because the music would play and then it would, it would get quiet yeah. and then we would hear it then it was a perfect moment would come in for a comic relief yeah. and then the music would start back up and it was like yeah I, every I'm glad you noticed yeah. that see and, that's yeah. the thing about comedy people don't know how hard comedy is they think it's just joke 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 but mm-hmm. that, you can get jokes anywhere you know like you have to. You have to have a rhythm. You have to care about the characters. You have to let it breathe. You mm-hmm. have to have the right reactions. That's what makes things funny. Not just mm-hmm. me doing something funny, but the way that you react to it and the way that other people see it. The way that you have the rhythm when the joke plays versus when you let them breathe. And you know, and then when you ramp it up and bring it home. Mm-hmm. Comedy is one of the most difficult genres out there. Yeah. People don't know how hard it is to do. And comedies in the theatrical marketplace have not been winning. They haven't been mm-hmm. doing as well as they once had. Um, the box office have, have gone down. I'm very proud to say the last two years, the, the top comedies in the country uh, were mine. Mm-hmm. The top traditional yes. pure comedies. Yes, yeah, yes. Girls Trip in 17 and, uh, and Night School in 18. And so 
Um, I want to continue to do that and give people a release. Mm-hmm. I think that comedy is still one of the genres that um, is best enjoyed in a communal setting. You know, when you're in an audience and it's rolling and the stranger next to you is like, you know, bumping your arms, slapping mm-hmm. your shoulder, that's the best version mm-hmm. of, of, of having people consume your content. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And with this film, there were so many layers being pulled. Like, mm-hmm. it, it was an emotional roller coaster in a sense. Like, we laughed throughout the film, but there were certain points where I literally, I'm sitting in the theater, like, because I don't want to see what, like, peeking, <laughs> because I don't want to see what's happening. Yeah. Then it's like, it was so, like, it, there was compassion, then there was comedy, and then it was kind of like, oh, God, like, I was so nervous. And mm-hmm. then... That's that's a that's a lot. That's great because usually movies have been so predictable. Yeah, I couldn't predict anything. Yeah, yeah. And I I well, felt vulnerable. Like I was brother. like at what what they say in the south. I was clutching pearls. Clutching pearls. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and, and I Thank did you, not man. expect that. And I was that's like, a huge wow. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. No, that's all um, very purposeful. It's mm-hmm. not easy to do, but it's definitely something that we talked about having that and talked about leaving audiences off balance and I think that's what you're describing and that to me is when you get it right there's that sense of a ride that I'm going on that I don't know exactly what's going to happen I don't Mm -hmm. know where the the twists and turns and unexpected ups and downs are going to be Mm -hmm. but that's something that you have to think about from concept all the way through fruition Mm -hmm. yeah now so with producing the project what are your what do you have your hand in like, when does Will Packer come in yeah. and maneuver things around? Every stage. A little bit of everything. You know, at the end of the day, my job is to put amazingly talented people in the right positions and support them so that they can win. Mm-hmm. Um, I have to know when to come in and, and, and have a heavier hand and when to step back and, and have a lighter hand. But mm-hmm. every step of the way, ultimately, you know, I always use the analogy that at the Oscars, the last award of the night after... You know, best director, actor, cinematography, sound. After all that, the best, the final award is best picture, and that goes to the producers because their job is to pull together all those other folks. And mm-hmm. so, um, that's you know, I was I was definitely involved, you know, from day one with this. The interesting thing about this project is that it came together very quickly. Okay. Um, you know, it was less than um, you know seven eight months ago that we we finished shooting this film, mm-hmm. and it's already coming to theaters. This is definitely the fastest from concept to release project I've been a part of. Okay. Yeah. And was it difficult getting the cameos? Because that, that once again, another surprise. Like, yeah. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. You kept you know, us on our toes. The sports cameos actually um, were very cool. It gave the film an authenticity that mm-hmm. I felt was important. We wanted to have Tarati's character be in this male-dominated world. So... A sports agent was kind of like the perfect, you know, uh, idea for what her character could do. And that came in in a very early iteration of the script by an amazing young writer named Jazz, Jazz Fly. She, um, Jazz Waters. Um, Her her internet name is Jazz Fly. It's funny how we think of each other like those ways. (laughs) Anyway, Jazz Waters, in an early iteration of the script, um, made her a sports agent and that stuck. And so we wanted to get all these sports cameos. And um, some of these people I knew and I had in my Rolodex and I could call and reach out to. And then we started getting a lot of incoming calls. And at the end of the day, we had more people reaching out than we had room to put in the movie. Like, we, didn't, we just didn't have room for all these cameos. Mm-hmm. So, but it was cool to have people from various teams and, and from the sports world um, be a part of it because it just made it authentic. And 
I agree. It it was so authentic because like, whoa, hearing them talk, because a lot of times we don't hear them talk. We just see them yeah, play. Yeah. Yeah. So we got a chance to see who they were as people yeah. in a sense. Yeah. And, and so that, that was great. With Taraji in the film, I think like some of the audience were holding their breath at the point in, in the scene where we're trying to figure out, is this going to be a even a Me Too movement mm. piece? When in the in the office yeah, having to with deal with it with the boss, yeah. So now that was a fine line, especially with the current climate. Sure. They, were you guys worried about that piece, or were you confident in it? Was anything like, oh, let's restructure this to make sure that this is correct? Here's the thing: I think that if you're being true to um, to a world, right? Mm-hmm. We wanted to paint this world that was male dominated, mm-hmm. that was um, built on this patriarchal system, primarily white men, and the realities of her being a woman and a black woman in that world. Now, mm-hmm. we didn't go in, and the whole movie is not about a black woman in a white world, Correct. or a woman in a man's world. Like there are shadings of all of that because mm-hmm. that's how life really works. And there is the one scene that you're referring to where we go there and we kind of reveal the true uh, thoughts on the minds of our boss, played mm-hmm. by Brian Bosworth, this this white uh, male uh, boss character. Um, but that's the only time we really go there so specifically. Mm-hmm. The rest of it is really about this woman's journey, who happens to be Taraji, she happens to be a black woman, and we don't shy away from the fact she's a black woman, mm-hmm. but it's not <laughs> just about, oh, black woman, black woman, black woman. It is this character. And by the way, I feel like that's the best version of film. We've got like years and years and years of white males being the leads of movies, being vulnerable, strong, weak, sad, happy, like everything. Full, mm-hmm. rounded, fleshed out characters. We just don't have that when you think about women of color, especially black women. Mm-hmm. So for my films, what I'm trying to do is show the various shades mm-hmm. of real black women, black people, characters that you just haven't seen before. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you do that without it being black, 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 black. Yeah. Yeah. Because the real world, you know, is like that. Exactly. So I'd imagine if we're hanging around, we're not we're not necessarily it's, it's not necessarily that's the topic of the conversation we're just black people hanging around we're black people and we can embrace and love our blackness but mm-hmm. if every conversation we have is about that I'm not hanging with you you know what I mean because like, I'm yeah, like that's all you're so woke you need a nap come like, on brother yeah. you too woke like, yeah, you, just, <laughs> you know what I mean but, but I think ultimately there's nothing wrong with having characters behaving the way real people do mm-hmm. and letting the subtext and the nuance be the message Mm-hmm. You know, so it is just about a woman who is a black. She is who she is. By the way, girls trip, same thing. Mm-hmm. It was these four women who went to this festival. The women happened to be black, and the festival happened to be essence. But the whole thing wasn't about art. Isn't it great that we're black women having this time? Nah, they mm-hmm. was just sisters going and doing what sisters do. Mm-hmm. Normalizing, normalizing Absolutely. it. That's what we need to do yeah. with media and imagery and, and and content. Now, something that you that you did in this particular film you have it there are there are a lot of different demographics represented like we have the um lgbt community yep we have the black community we have the female empowerment we have the sure. boys club yeah and you're single not, black fathers single black fathers That's like something right. that you you rarely see and then the relationship with taraji and her dad her father like, yeah you, you're showing relationships that yes. we don't see and then yeah. if we do see it it's negative it's it's derogatory right so was that important for you to no show question. that was something early on myself 
um, James Lopez, mm-hmm. okay. uh, my producing partner, and Adam Shankman talked about. We wanted to make sure that we had um, a breadth of characters and depictions mm-hmm. that were real and authentic and organic and weren't just tropes, right? Okay. So, okay. like, there was no way we were going to have the assistant be, like, the stereotypical flamboyantly gay, you know, assistant character. Mm-hmm. We weren't going to mm-hmm. have, like, the the deadbeat black dad who doesn't see his kid or is being kept from his kid or doesn't care about his kid. Like, mm-hmm. no, we were going to make these, like, real people in this country that we just haven't seen enough of, mm-hmm. you know? None of those are, like, um, unique um, uh, characters. Mm-hmm. It's just they're just archetypes you don't see enough of. Yes, oh, that. Now, speaking futuristically, are there any other architectural types that you would like to showcase in film? Like oh, so many that we don't necessarily see. Sure, I mean, I think um, you know what I, how I think of it. I think of it that there are different stories that I want to tell that will lend themselves okay. to um, to depictions that we haven't seen. That's okay. what I think. I think that there are, are worlds and backdrops and, and circumstances uh, that we haven't seen um, that I'm really interested in telling. And they will lend themselves to depictions that we don't often see on screen. Got know? it. So you, that that's a great formula. So you go for the story and then let the story shape and bring out those different... Well said. That's, that's really Because if the story's smart. true, if the story's <sighs> real, if you're true to the world that you're painting... The rest will come. What happens is when 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 art, when artists are inauthentic, when they are not true to the world, mm-hmm. if it's a world they don't know and they don't bring in people with varied interests okay. and varied representations, and then you can mess up that world. You know, you can go in and try to tell a story, uh, try to paint a world that if you are you know a white male, you see everything through the prism of a white male. That's mm-hmm. not, I mean, you know. You're not at fault for being who you are, but you are at fault if you don't say, I'm going to be inclusionary and make sure that i got a lot of other voices to help me paint an authentic world. Mm-hmm. <sighs> okay. You, <laughs> you, this, is, this, is, this is incredible. Can we just... I, I know you're producing, but can we get you on a show? Like, ah. can, we, can we get a Will Packer um, <laughs> podcast? I'll Shayla, come on your we, podcast. Okay, I'll, we'll I'll say... Back, we, bro. Please, because yeah. this... This is this it's is a what, combo though. This yeah. is I'm at, you're asking the right questions. You're like clearly thought about this. You're clearly very engaged around the business of and the art of entertainment and creating art. So it's good to have this kind of engagement. I, I appreciate yeah, that. People listening will will benefit from this for sure. That's good because you see things like we're we're taught to see things through a certain lens, and then we realize that that lens has is a is a faulty lens and now we really look to the will packers of the world like mm. we want to see ourselves represented mm. and th- like the kid in the, the taraji's steps on and in, in the film like, mm-hmm. beautiful mm-hmm. like the every time this kid stepped on the screen like yeah. the audience was like oh yeah. like it, it was it was it was incredible you're showing so many different colors like the prism like with the single fathers yes. with the super powered go get them and then even the story with the the scene with Taraji and her dad yeah. with him apologizing for how he raised, her. raised her yeah like right. that shook me yeah. I was sitting like wow first yeah. of all 
when do we see black dads apologizing? Right. Dad, if you watch Pops, um, <laughs> Pops, if you, you're going to watch it, cause I'm a, or you're going to listen to it because I'm going to send it to you. He, he's going to say it anyway. But I, that, that's incredible yeah. when you can see the vulnerability of black men because right. we don't, we always have to be Wakandan warriors. Yeah. And right. so it's, it's so like, but I our felt strength great. is in our vulnerability, honestly. Like that Richard Roundtree character is a stronger character because he is oh, able. This is not an award. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. I just got handed an award oh, here. Oh my goodness. <laughs> you don't... Sorry, I'm going to be. Yes, sir. That is. Yeah, yeah. Our strength is in our vulnerability. No yet question. We don't see it. Yeah, and a lot of times we are not allowed. And listen, media is so powerful, Mm -hmm. right? And especially film. I am always astounded by how powerful this medium is. But if you think about it, you're taking people into a darkened theater and Mm -hmm. you're filling their their senses, Mm -hmm. their eyes and their ears with the imagery that you're creating for two hours. It's different. Like with a song, good, powerful. You listen, you turn it off, you may listen again, you may not. You know, <clears throat> television is viewed in a different way, but movies, especially when it's a theatrical experience, you've got their rapt attention mm-hmm. for a period of time, a finite period of time. It's in a darkened theater. You're controlling what you're pumping into their heads. That's powerful. Mm-hmm. And that can be very negative or very positive or somewhere in between. And so what I try to do is be very responsible about those images. Mm-hmm. doesn't mean that they all have to be, you know, um, everybody's good, everybody is right, and nobody makes mistakes like that. Nobody's interested in doing that. I try to make sure that I am showing imagery that is real and authentic because we just haven't had that. There has been a dearth um, really throughout the history of cinema when you think about folks that look like you and I and the way that they're being represented. Well, I am just going to say that <laughs> this is definitely for the listeners of the podcast, but you you took me to church yeah. and I well, you I allowed me you I gave appreciate me a form to do it man I appreciate that definitely I really definitely do. and now it's like even I now you brought a character as a single dad and so now I'm now thinking let me contact my homies who are single fathers and so like you're bringing you're bringing that realization to our lives that's in your awesome. film and See, that's the power yeah. right there and you said that responsibility and yeah. a lot of people. Or not necessarily they don't believe, but sometimes money can get into, can muddy the vision. Like, I have a responsibility. Yeah. And so I thank you for this film. It's, a, it's you, a comedy, bro. but we got deep with it for a yeah, minute. Yeah, we did. But I, but I appreciate the different layers. I appreciate you showcasing the vulnerability of black men. You showcasing the strength of black women. You're showcasing other demographics of not stereotypical LGBT um, characters in films. Yep. And even the redemptive the redemptive ability or op- opportunity for the white man as well. Yeah. So layers. Like you got you got layers and I appreciate this appreciate film. You. Can't wait to talk about it more on social media and word, we're gonna man. spread the word. Let's let's get a let's not just the first weekend, but let's let's get this number one for a while. Yeah. Okay. I'm, I'm with it, bro. Awesome. Thank you. Thank you, man. Okay. That was AFCA member Justin Key speaking with producer Will Packer. What Men Want stars Taraji P. Henson, Aldous Hodge, Josh Brenner, and Richard Roundtree. And it opens in theaters Friday, February 8th. And you can find out what's going on in Justin's head just by following him on Twitter at JustinKey101. And that's our show. Thanks again to Justin for providing this interview for the podcast. And of course, the incredible Will Packer. 
If you want to know more about other events and projects that AFCA has going on, visit our website at AFCA.com or check us out on social. You can follow AFCA on Instagram. Our handle on Twitter is TheAFCA and like our Facebook page as well. So until next time, keep your head up.